Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. James Steele, I told you your Kansas City Chiefs were going to get it done. You had no faith. You didn't like my pick. You wanted me to pick against you. I picked you. They get it done. By the way, sorry, Joe, your Eagles did not. I'll say this. You know what? Congratulations to you. That's a great pick. It's a winning pick. We've got some pizza monies coming tonight. I'm starting to think maybe you should get involved in those as well. You're hot right now, Amber. Uh, Well, I don't know if I'm hot. I mean, I, I, I chose the Super Bowl winner correctly. That was about it. I didn't choose the final score correctly. I'm not sure I chose anything else correctly, but I did have the Chiefs winning this thing. They end up winning this thing, of course, 38 to 35. Overall thoughts, Joe Fortenbaugh. Great game. And I know that that's not going to get everyone driving around to drive off the road because it's not an incendiary take like so many that we're hearing today. I don't feel like today needs to be a day for the big, bold proclamations about everyone's legacy and what this means for everyone's future and how awful the officiating was. It was none of those things. It was a great football game. We had two excellent teams. They were both one seeds. They have star quarterbacks. They had incredible regular seasons. They navigated the postseason successfully. They met each other in a matchup in which Philadelphia was a very small favorite. So the Vegas bookmakers were telling you that this should be a tight game. And it was exactly that. It was exactly that. It was a one-score game that was an absolute thriller. I enjoyed watching it. As an Eagles fan, of course I'm bummed out. But it was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a season for both teams. And I don't feel like today needs to be a day where we just go overboard with some of the takes. Like, let's appreciate it for what it was. Patrick Mahomes was incredible yesterday, was he not? He was incredible yesterday. I think hell of a game is the perfect way to describe that Super Bowl. And what more do you want from a Super Bowl than feeling confident that we watched the two best teams duke it out, which is exactly how I felt about this Super Bowl and not how you feel about every Super Bowl, right? I mean, sometimes you get a team in there, you're like, all right, they got a little lucky in the postseason or the chips fell their way. I feel pretty confident that these were the two best teams, one in each conference. They duked it out at the end, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. NFL. Jalen in a losing performance was still phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes was exactly who we always have known Patrick Mahomes to be. I don't think it could have honestly been much better. But what's funny and behind the curtain for a moment for everybody, what's funny is Joe rushes in here from Daily Wager a lot of days. So he comes in here quite literally, turns his mic on, connects 30 seconds before we go on air, which is what he did today. So he's not here for the pre-show meeting. He's not here to look at the rundown. And James and I put together the rundown some of these days without Joe. And quite literally, everything that you just said today's not about, don't worry, it's coming up later in the show. Joe and Amber on air with you until 9 p.m. Eastern. We do have on the rundown... 
the legacy conversation. We do have on the rundown the officiating conversation. We have on the rundown all of that, Joe, because the reality is that's what people are talking about today. Joe Fortenball doesn't need a pre-show meeting. Joe Fortenball does TV, (laughs) and then he casually has to sidestep three cameras that for some reason, every time I tell everyone, look, I'm going to be sprinting out of here at the end of the show. Could we please move the cameras? Everyone nods and says, yes, no problem. And then every day as I sprint out, the cameras are just there, like Jason Kelsey and his brother blocking the door for me to get out. I have to fight through cameras. I have to fight through cameramen. I come flying in here only to find out that this rundown is going to be take city today. So I'm ready for it. Joe Fornball is amenable. I feel like the I, third I person knew- thing might be a bit aggressive today. I'm going to have to back off of that. I knew you. Uh, yeah, the third. You can go third person. That's fine. Uh, I, I knew you and the Kelseys had a lot in common, uh, and now I know why uh, you're juking <laughs> and avoiding cameramen. I will say it's funny because each and every time, and obviously we do the show together every day, and I don't know like how many days. I can't keep track of how many days you're running in, like 20 seconds before we go on air. But every time at some point I look at James, I start getting nervous. I'm looking at the clock, and every single time I look at James, Joe going to make it? Joe going to make it? Like every single time, and James is always like, Amber. He's going to make it. He's going to be here. I am the ultimate wingman. I will never leave you hanging. If I trip on one of those cameras and blow my knee out, and rest assured, that's an even money proposition that it's going to happen in the future at some point, I will still come crawling into Studio 2. The mic will be turned on, and I will have the best takes you can possibly imagine about blowing your knee out, tripping over a camera. But we're burying the lead a bit here. You were in Arizona for the Super Bowl. You are still in Arizona. What was the atmosphere like? I am still in Arizona. I can't seem to get out of Arizona at this point. I would love to leave Arizona. It's been beautiful. It's been lovely here. The weather here for the weekend was absolutely ridiculously phenomenal. I could not get a flight out today because, you know, everyone's trying to leave Arizona. Yeah, who would have thought waiting to the uh, last minute thought? on that one uh, would have burned Yes. You. Well, there you go. Well, I had a flight out yesterday. The problem was I had a flight out yesterday morning. Originally, I had a flight out at 7 a.m. yesterday morning, and I was at the Waste Management Open the day before for like 13 hours and found myself at a chain smokers concert, and it just never stopped. I think I drank for something like 12 straight hours. It was truly, truly insanity. I had been out till 4 in the morning, mountain time, or whatever time zone I'm in right now, the night before, mountain, there you go, at at a Super Bowl party at the Rolling stone super bowl party which was like six in the morning to my body it's been it was a whirlwind of a weekend an epic super bowl weekend for me i have zero complaints i am paying for it dearly today but it was well worth it it was a very 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 fun weekend i hope everyone out there listening has got their best pair of steel-toed boots on right now because amber is dropping all these great things about her life all over your feet, everybody. All <laughs> over your feet. And then on top of it, she basically insinuates that she's going to be mailing in this entire episode of Joe and Amber today. So job well done. This is, this is a hell of a first segment. You know what? Maybe I need to start attending the pre-show meetings, James, because it seems like the way things are going right now, a uh, little sloppy, if I may say. A little sloppy. Wow. I think we're all right. I'm doing good. I think we're okay. I just I just chugged some coffee. Okay. I I don't remember how many cups that Shugging is for me coffee. today. It's been a lot of coffee here over the last 24 hours. Um. So you know why did no, you I'm book a flight I'm Sunday ready. morning if you were going to the waste management open? That is just amateur I, hour. Here's the thing. I really didn't realize what the waste management open entailed. And oh yes, my. I have heard of it before. Like I'm I'm aware. Like everyone's like, oh, it's a golf tournament, but it's a party. And I've been oh. to golf tournaments before. You know, like I've been to like direct. You walk around, you follow a golfer, uh, you golf not, clap, you know, y'all Doral. golf clap. You're very quiet when anybody hits the ball. I, I, 
I when I was like, okay, it'll be that, but like, you know, we'll take it up a little notch. We'll party a little. This wasn't partying a little. This was absolute insanity. And then somehow we ended up in all the best locations, with all the most VIP acts. It was very bizarre. We were somebody who who was put help pinning on the tournament. So it ended up being yeah. Crazy, get those steel toe boots on, everybody. Here they come. With it was the tournament just a thing. organizer, the point. it was a thing. We're like in suites and whole sixteen. We're at multiple concerts. There's DJ. There's all sorts of stuff happening. And the next thing I know, I'm changing my flight because there ain't no chance I'm making an airplane. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at progressive.com. So yes, that was my weekend, but I am here. I am back in the saddle. I am ready to go. And coming up next, it's time to get into our hot takes. Was it the right call? We have to discuss the officiating because everybody else is. Plus the biggest storylines coming out of the Super Bowl. This is Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Rolling along here, Joe and Amber, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio. It is that simple. It is time now here on Joe and Amber to earn you a little money. We like money. How'd we do, by the way, Joe, with our... uh, Super Bowl pizza bunnies. Prop bets were three and three. Very small loser. 0.35 units over the last nine shows were 18 and 12 plus 15.75 units. So the show's doing very well the last few weeks. Uh, the, the props could have gone better. Three and three was eh. We took a couple shots there that we missed on. All right. Well, winning record as a show overall. Let's try to earn you some more pizza money. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, this one starts about 7.40 p.m. Eastern. It's in the NBA. It's the Nets and their newest acquisition, Mikael Bridges. We're going to go with a player prop here against the Knicks. Over 18.5 points for Bridges. Now, if you look at his stats from his time in Phoenix, he averaged just 13 shots per game. So you'd be saying, wow, 
why would I want to go over 18 and a half points if he's only jacking 13 shots a game? Well, he's played one game since he landed in Brooklyn, and he took 18 shots in that game. 18! Five more shots than his season average because this ain't Phoenix with Devin Booker and Chris Paul and everybody else. It's Brooklyn, and there's no Kevin Durant. Bridges is going to be much more involved in the scoring aspects of the offense. He was the centerpiece of that trade, at least from Brooklyn's perspective. So 18.5 points, in my opinion, is a bit cheap, and we're going to see this prop climb north once people catch on. So pizza money number Number one for tonight, Mikael Bridges over 18 and a half points against the Knicks. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won another Super Bowl. It hurts. We'll use this pain. We'll use this failure for motivation for us. You either win or you learn. You either win or you learn. So, of course, the officiating. It is a storyline today. I feel like we're getting used to this, right? Like, I almost don't want to have this conversation because I'm a little bit numb to it, Joe, especially coming off of the AFC Championship. We wasted so much time coming off of that game talking about the officiating. And here we are again where the entire Internet is blaming a single call for the Chiefs winning this Super Bowl. It's never that simple. Yes, a disappointing way for a Super Bowl to eventually end and and essentially be decided or so you could argue. But, man, I feel like if we're doing this game in and game out, then it's just somewhat part of the game. But facing a third and eight in the red zone with a tie game, 154 to go. Mahomes was pressure. It tossed the ball to the end zone to Smith-Schuster. Smith-Schuster faked a shallow route, converted it into a wheel throw wasn't particularly close but James Bradbury was called for defensive holding Bradbury did say after the game that he grabbed the jersey but of course Eagles fans everywhere are saying that either that wasn't holding Joe or that it shouldn't be called and I do think those are two different conversations because when I watch it back in slow motion I mean he has the jersey a little bit I do think tech Technically, it's holding. I do understand the argument a bit. Like, you should not call it there in real time. Let them play. But that's also the easy thing to say. So go ahead and lay it on me then. What should the refs have done? Well, I don't know if the refs... So I, I tend to be in the camp of let them play when you're in the most pivotal moments of the biggest games. I felt like that in the AFC Championship as well. Although you could go back when the Rams, that... that clear pass interference back in 2018 in the playoffs against the Saints. They weren't flagged for it. Everybody went nuts when that wasn't flagged. I realized that that example was a bit more egregious, but I do feel like to an extent there's no winning, right? Because any way you cut it, somebody's going to end up being upset. That's just the reality of it. There's a lot of opportunities to win the game beyond that. The first aspect of this entire conversation is that this is hilarious that the Super Bowl ended this way after Roger Goodell got up for his yearly press conference at the Super Bowl and told everyone that the state of NFL officiating has never been better. I love it. Love it. That that was the big takeaway quote from Goodell's press conference. And then we have a call at the end of the game that basically grabs the headline for everyone to discuss the next day. I find that to be hilarious. Now, moving past that, how do we want to dissect what happened? If you go ahead and you make the call at the end of the chiefs Bengals game, everyone said, let them play there. People are going to be very upset in Kansas City. If you go ahead to that 2018 NFC Championship game between the Rams and the Saints and you let them play, everyone in New Orleans is upset because that was a very clear penalty. This Mm -hmm. wasn't as clear or as egregious. Was it a penalty by the letter of the law? Yes. So if the ref wants to call it, that's fine. It wasn't a blown call. The argument here is whether or not 
one of the best Super Bowls we've ever witnessed, should have been decided by a call like that. And where I stand is as follows. If the refs don't call that, I don't think we're really talking about that today. Now, that Saints-Rams game, we were talking about that because that was as egregious of a blown call as you could possibly have. LeBron getting slapped on the wrist in that Saturday night, that game against Boston, very clear foul. This is of the ticky-tack variety. And I think if they don't call it, we're not even talking about it today. The Chiefs are probably arguing, hey, he held, he held. But everyone moves on. Everyone moves on because there had been plenty of that throughout the game. So I think from a watchability standpoint, if you let that go, no one is upset with you the next day. Maybe Chiefs fans have a bit of a gripe, but I don't even think Chiefs fans would have said that they got jobbed because of that play. It's ticky-tack. But ultimately, you want to call it, that's fine. Eagles fans have no, no room to complain about that. That is not why they lost the game. That's not why they lost the game, although a lot of Eagles fans would certainly have liked that moment back. Matt is in Atlantic City. You can always join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Matt, thanks for chiming in. What do you have for us? Hey, good evening, Joe and Amber. Uh, and uh, Amber, it sounds like you had a blast in Phoenix, and congratulations on your Super Bowl winning pick. Uh, that call... Let me just say that call was immaterial. That holding call was immaterial as the outcome of that game. The bottom line is defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon laid an egg. He had no scheme for Patrick Mahomes in the second half. Granted, the first half they were down by 10. The second half on every single possession Kansas City had, they went down the field and they scored. Bottom line. And the fact of the matter is Andy Reid outcoached Nick Sirianni and that entire team. That Eagles defense that was so good all season that had, what, 70 sacks, Joe and Amber? They got exposed, and I hope every single Philadelphia fan is listening right now because take a page from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played a great game, four TDs, 300 yards passing. It's a teachable moment. So, Philadelphia fans, you played a great game. Move on. Kansas City, congratulations. I actually well agree said. with that call. I Very agree well with that said. call uh, emphatically because Joe and I, 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 James and I were talking about this in the pre-show meeting again that you didn't attend because you're very fancy. You got daily wager going on, but we were talking about do just. <laughs> but just what Kansas City was doing in that second half with motion and what they were doing, the long play that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are playing all season long, they were utilizing motion. And, I, and we don't, we're up against the clock, so we probably need more time to get into this throughout the show. They were utilizing motion where they'd been giving one look the entire freaking season which I find this to be so unbelievable where you can just stick to one motion one play this signals this for an entire season so that if you end up in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl all of a sudden you do something else with that motion that you have never shown before and they bite on it and bada bing bada boom it works perfectly it is absolutely correct Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy were out there playing chess when everybody else was playing checkers on that Eagles defense and I don't even know if that's an insult to the Eagles in any way that's just the brilliance of Kansas City in the biggest moments it's not an insult the Eagles defense was overrated that was the handicap going into the game that's why I bet on the Chiefs and all these Eagle fans yelling at me how can an Eagle fan bet on the Chiefs well I watched the Eagles all season and here's what I saw I saw a defense that in the metrics was ranked very high here are the quarterbacks they played in 20 games Carson Wentz, Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones three times, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Brock Purdy, and Josh Johnson, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, 
Taylor Heineke, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. The last four of which, the good ones, hung 30 or more points on them in all of those games. The defense was good. It wasn't great. It got exposed. That was the difference. They got 10 pressures on Mahomes yesterday. That should have led to sacks. It didn't because it's Patrick Mahomes. So don't forget that as well. Like what Patrick Mahomes, even on a bum ankle, can do to evade pressure. I mean, nobody's as good at at it as he is in the entire league. And that certainly caught up to the Eagles in a big way. And it's caught up to many defenses this season. Coming up next, more of your calls. Triple H, say ESPN. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chime in and join the conversation. We always appreciate you here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number 888-729-3776. We are going to get to some of the sound from Super Bowl Sunday. But first, let's take a couple calls here. Matt is in Georgia. Matt, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, Joe and Amber, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate your show. Hey, listen, life, lifelong Eagles fan here. I started following them in 79, and I really felt like this was the most complete Eagles team that I've ever seen. Offense, defense, special teams. It was a great year. Um, but, you know, I'm just – just, it, it, it's driving me a little crazy hearing uh, all the complaints about that, that defensive penalty at the end. I just felt like, you know, when the Eagles scored that touchdown, two-point conversion – tied the game up that was super exciting momentum was in our favor and the defense there they just got to step up and make a play Mahomes got a bum ankle he's running 25 30 yards down the field on a QB scramble he looked looking like Deion Sanders he might as well have been high stepping with a hand behind his head I mean that was just (laughs) sickening so for me defense has got to make a play there we needed a stop and get we had the momentum and we couldn't do it and Kansas City just beat us you know I hate to say it as an Eagles fan but we got beat you know it's and I hate to say it but hopefully next year uh you know we will have things in our favor and come home with another Super Bowl victory thanks Uh, thanks for the yeah thanks for the call Mahomes had three scrambles, including that 26-yarder that set up the winning field goal that he mentioned there. And Joe, I mean, a bum ankle. Like, you can't you can't ignore that portion of this. Like, he is doing that on a bum ankle. I tend to agree with that caller. The defense has to step up more. There were two plays in that game. Two plays in that game. Vegas told you this was an incredibly evenly matched game. The spread was one and a half. It was one of the tightest spreads in Super Bowl history. Two one seeds, two fantastic squads. 
There were two plays in that game. In a matchup like this, it's going to come down to the margins. Play number one, Jalen Hurts dropping the football, Kansas City picking it up, and going in for six. That was the only turnover of the game. So you not only lost the turnover battle in the Super Bowl, you gave up a touchdown on that play. Your defense didn't even have a chance to get a stop. Play number two, you got called for holding on a huge third down at the end of the game. And whether or not you agree with the call doesn't matter. You committed a penalty. Bradbury admitted he committed the penalty. You got called for it. Two crucial mistakes. Games like this are won and lost in the margins, and the Eagles lost it in the margins. You tip your hat to Kansas City and you move on. Triple H, say ESPN, that's the number. That's the number that Joey called. Joey is in North Carolina. Joey, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Uh, thanks, guys, for taking the call. Um, I tell you, as a longtime football coach and fan, did not have a dog in the fight. Um, I don't like the call. Uh, I don't think the ball is catchable. Even if he's not touched, it's a horrible pass. Um, you effectively end the ball game on it. I'm not saying that it lost the game, but you robbed all of the fans of the chance of, okay, Bucker makes a kick, then you get to see what the Eagles do with it. You effectively decide the game. The, the really disappointing part is you watch a phenomenal ball game that checks all the boxes, and then it checks the one box that you don't want checked of controversy. And now nobody's really talking about what a great game it was. It's all on one call, and it's really disappointing that that's where this Super Bowl's turned. Uh, James Steele, resident Chiefs fan here at ESPN Radio, just wrote on my screen, catchable doesn't matter because penalty was called before the ball was in the air. Of course, James Steele always bringing the most objective of perspectives to that call. Yeah, First call. thing James said to me today, Joe, uh, when we sat down for a pre-show meeting was a good call, good call, that call, uh, which, I mean, no surprise there. I do agree with the call in the sense that it's a great game and all everyone's talking about is this penalty. I agree. I would like to talk about it being a great game. I was overruled by two people who want to go heavy with the takes. I'm sure we're going to get into Patrick Holmes, <laughs> Mahomes' legacy at some point. Where does he rank all time? That's, yes, that's on the Is he the new too. Steph Curry? We got a whole lot of stuff coming one. up. So write, I agree with I'm the call. Yeah, actually, down. next. <laughs> Actually, next is the legacy conversation uh, at 745. So we will be getting into that right now. Right now. Let's sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Other than the officiating, one of the other big stories during last night's game was the playing surface. Players were sliding all over the field. The field seemed to be atrocious. Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton joined KJM and told them what he thought about the field this morning. The field, man, uh, it wasn't as bad as it was uh, early in the year when we played uh, Arizona, but I was a little, little slick out there, man. Um, but again, uh, it's the kind of the elements, man. Just got to try to do what you can. Uh, put the best cleats on available uh, and just, just try to find a way to win. James Steele. Yeah, so obviously we've been talking about the officiating a bunch, uh, but was the condition of the field an even bigger problem last night, Joe? I mean, not in terms of the outcome because both teams had to play on it. I mean, this is the same thing we saw in the Buffalo-Cincinnati game, right? But So Cincinnati's offensive line is banged up. Buffalo's pressure from the defense should have been able to take over the game, but in the snow, it's a slick footing. It's a slick situation. You can't get to the quarterback. So that helped cover up Cincinnati's issues. Just like a slick field kind of helped Kansas City not necessarily have to worry about the Eagles' pass rush as much. That's not to make an excuse because Kansas City was also playing on the field. It feels like a lot of the issues were on the painted section of the field, maybe not everywhere. But you know what? 
You got you got shoe deals. You got equipment managers you pay. You have all these different options you can use. Figure it out. You're out there warming up two hours before the game. Figure it out and make the necessary adjustments. If you're still having problems, that's on you. I'd like to believe that if we can drive a rover on Mars from uh, how many million miles away, that we can also find the right shoes to play football in. Here's why I don't have much... Uh, patience for this conversation today. I do think that the field obviously affected both teams and certainly affected the pass rush of both teams. But you just heard it in that bite. Like, this field is known for that. So if you're playing a Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, first of all, you probably know you're about to play on a slippery surface. So that has to be quite literally part of the game plan and part of the conversation. I know Reddick said after the game that it was the worst field he's ever played on. Again, you should have known. You should have seen it coming. And then, yes, both teams play on the same surface. The Chiefs didn't have much luck rushing Hurts either. So, yes, this definitely affected the pass rush for both teams. But because it affected everybody evenly, then I can't have much time and much patience for this idea that somehow the Eagles were more disadvantaged and that had something to do with them losing the game. Patrick Mahomes has been a... They spent two years and $800,000 trying to get this field ready. They spent two years prepping this field and it still showed up like that. How can you spend two years on anything and fail that badly? That's incredible to me. It, It is pretty incredible. Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback in the NFL for five seasons. And in those five seasons, he's hosted the AFC Championship game five times. He's been to three Super Bowls. He's won two of those Super Bowls. He's been the MVP of the Super Bowl in both of those wins. And he's won the regular season MVP award, oh, you know, multiple times. He's done that twice. That said, Max Kellerman today on Keyshawn J. Will and Max puts him in rarefied air. If you look at any quarterback who ever lived through his first five seasons, Key, I get you, he's chasing Montana and then Brady if he ever gets there. But right now, I don't see anyone through five seasons who's done what Mahomes has done. And in fact, even if you take it for its career, if you combine the level of play with the team's success, I don't really have anyone ahead of him other than Brady and and Montana right now. So, Amber, is Patrick Mahomes already a top three all-time quarterback? No. I mean, is his career ending today? Like, if he retires today, (laughs) and this is it, it's a wrap after these six seasons, then fine. I guess we could have the conversation, but it seems stupid. And again, he would not have done it long enough. If he never makes it to another Super Bowl, if he never makes it to another AFC championship, never wins another MVP, never does anything again and plays for another 10 years, in 10 years, these five years, it's going to feel like a distant memory. And so, no, we cannot have the conversation of all time I mean we need to allow him to have a couple decades long career before we can have a conversation about all time can we have a conversation about is this his greatest start to a career ever at that position yes it is that but it ain't over yet so I'm gonna need the entire body of work before we can have that conversation fairly all time Joe I'm on the record as having said I don't want to participate in these conversations. I find them to be somewhat ludicrous, but I do understand. Don't worry. Again, coming up in just moments uh, at 745, uh, that also will be a legacy conversation. Go ahead, Joe. (laughs) Of course. So now that we've already got the disclaimers out of there, I mean, the guy's a complete freak show. Like what, where, 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 what, what era, what offense would he not fit? 
That's what I'm trying to ask. Like, if you take all these quarterbacks that are in this conversation for greatness and you start mixing and matching them with different coaches and different offenses, like if we put Mahomes with Bill Walsh and Jerry Rice and John Taylor and all those guys, how does he perform? I'd imagine he'd probably have been pretty awesome. Like, if we put him in New England with Belichick's offense and Randy Moss and Wes Welker, how would he have been? I think he would have been awesome. I don't think there's a situation where you can plug him in to any other quarterback spot and he would have struggled or had issues or not been able to perform. Now, can we take all these other quarterbacks and plug him into his spot and say the same thing? Maybe. But the fact that he lost Tyreek Hill and then immediately won a Super Bowl and then won a Super Bowl MVP and also won a league MVP, I really don't know what else he needs to do. Like, it's just about longevity at this point, because in terms of his ability to perform at the quarterback position, it's as great as anyone I've ever seen do it. Harry Douglas, our very own Harry Douglas from Fitz and Harry texted me the first thing this morning, just LOL. And I was like, what are you, what are you laughing out loud at? And he's like, I told you, because he did tell me. We argued about it leading into the season so much all summer long, me and Harry Douglas right here on ESPN Radio, about whether Mahomes is going to miss Tyreek. I was convinced he is. It's one of the most impressive things I've seen is to watch Patrick Mahomes do this without a Tyreek Hill when Tyreek Hill ended up also being exactly who we thought Tyreek Hill was, no matter who was throwing him the football. It is, it is, I mean, it has made me a fan of Patrick Mahomes for life because it is one of the most unbelievable things that I have seen. This is absolutely the best start to a career that I've seen at the quarterback position. But in terms of legacy, it ain't over yet. And it's hard to have the legacy conversation in such a short snippet of time. Nevertheless, we're going to try to do it. That's coming up next. Also, what's next for the Philadelphia Eagles? This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. I told y'all at the beginning of the week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. It's the best feeling in the world, man. Everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. I mean, if there was any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. Find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So, Joe, your Philadelphia Eagles, they did not do it. They do not have a ring. One of our callers earlier, and you can always join the conversation here on Joe and Amber, Triple H, say ESPN. One of our callers earlier said this was the most complete Eagles team that they ever maybe remember watching. And I know a lot of Eagles fans felt like that. And the problem with that, if you feel like that, is if you felt like this is your year, you don't know when you're going to be back here. Yes, Jalen looks like the future, and even in a losing effort, certainly looks like the future of that organization, but they're also going to have to pay the man. He had something like a million and a half dollar cap hit this season. It is about to get real, real for the Eagles in that department when they have to extend that man. That might cost them in other areas. He's earned every single dollar of that extension, though, and you're an Eagles fan, Joe. Do you feel confident that they're going to be back here again? In the Super Bowl? Yes. No, not I'm not that confident, no. I'm confident in Hurts. Hurts shut me up pretty good. I wasn't a huge fan of his in college. It wasn't personal. He's a great worker. Everyone talks about him being a great leader, being mature, being wise, being a great culture guy. I just didn't think he was going to be good in the NFL, and he has completely proven me wrong. So that's a big fat L for me on that one. And uh, Old Takes Exposed has gotten me a couple times on that on Twitter as a result. So I'd like to shout them out for – 
fronting me on that one. Hopefully we can let that one rest in peace for the future. Twitter account. I, I think people need to realize a couple things. Number one, there are a lot of key guys that are going to be up for free agency for the Eagles. Hassan Reddick's up for free agency. Miles Sanders, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson's going to be up. So there's a lot they need to figure out there. I think James Bradbury is going to be up as well. He was an all-pro. So that's number one. Number two, you will never, ever in the history of your organization ever have a path to the Super Bowl like the one you just had. I have never in my life as an Eagles fan, and I'm 42, seen a schedule so easy. They played nobody at any point ever. That entire season was a cakewalk. You cakewalk to the one seed. Then you end up playing the Giants and the Niners who were down to their third and fourth string quarterbacks. You're never going to catch breaks like that again. So good luck. Maybe they'll be good enough to get back. It wouldn't shock me. But you will never have an easier path laid out for you than the one you just had in 2022. Jalen was phenomenal. I think that that's the one thing that would give you a lot of hope because, hey, look at the team that they were playing. And, yes, it's Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, we're having to have conversations a half a decade in. Is he one of the greatest to ever play the game? However, what the Patrick Mahomes story does tell you is if you have a guy good enough, then – Theoretically, he can do it with anybody. Now, again, Patrick Mahomes, maybe a little bit on an island by himself. We saw three of the four remaining quarterbacks there in the conference championships on rookie deals. But if Jalen's good enough, then theoretically he can rise the talent around him, even if he gets paid and it costs you a little talent around him. Nevertheless, I tend to agree with you. This felt like the year that everything, that the chips fell a certain way for the Eagles. But I do wonder... If that's what ends up hurting them, which is the whole reason I took Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I took Kansas City for the same reason that you feel like this was Kansas or for that that you feel like this was Philadelphia's year where I felt like Philadelphia just hadn't been tested enough and they had this unusually easy road to get here. And considering that, honestly, I was still pretty impressed with the way that the Eagles played. I mean, this was a phenomenal team. They did most everything right. It's just that it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's just that it's Andy Reid, and it's Eric Bieniemy, and they just got the better of them there in that second half when that Eagles defense broke down a little bit. But it was a heck of a game and a heck of an Eagles team. Tim McManus, ESPN's NFL Eagles reporter, was on the Super pregame show, and he says, though, Jalen won't be on a team like this ever again. This is the best team that Jalen Hurts is ever going to have to work with. And that's just the bottom line. And that, and that goes with to, to your point about all these different free agents. You know, James Bradbury is a pending free agent. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is. And, uh, Miles Sanders. I mean, Isaac Sayamalu, they're, they're talented guard. They have so many guys, and they can only hold on to so many. And that especially becomes true now that Hertz is eligible for a contract extension. And if he's making $45, $50 million a year, I mean, we all know what that does for how – flexible you can be in terms of cap management and so you're not going to have the same amount of talent the monday roundup is brought to you by AutoZone. get in the zone auto zone jalen hurts was in the zone for sure joe but that's probably accurate that they're not going to be able to keep the pieces around him this is the best version of the eagles he'll ever be on nevertheless somebody has to make it out of that conference every year and it's unlikely that it'll always be a quarterback on a rookie deal 
I'd be worried about the Niners. They're obviously going to arm up, and if they figure out the quarterback position and keep most of that team intact, they should be one of the favorites. The Rams are going to be coming back strong. People have forgotten about them, but they're going to be healthy. They'll be contenders. I'm interested to see what Seattle does at quarterback, if they can take the next step. Dallas will be decent. Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, that's a big question mark. The NFC South, that's a big question mark. So the path again doesn't look at the moment as if it will be too daunting when you compare it to something like the AFC, which has Josh Allen, it has Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert on the rise, your Miami Dolphins on the rise, Cleveland and Deshaun Watson if they figure things out. The AFC is loaded, so this is exactly where you want to be, but this was the best opportunity they were going to have, and they couldn't close. That's what it came down to. In the second half of the Super Bowl, where they became the second team in Super Bowl history to lose after holding a double-digit lead at halftime. Only them and the Falcons. That's it. Nobody else has ever blown a double-digit lead at the half other than those two teams. Look at what they did. We can talk about how great Hurts was, but he had a very costly turnover, and he led an offense that scored 11 points over the final two quarters of the game. And as for the defense, they gave up 24 points on four possessions in the second half. They didn't show up when it mattered. They blew the opportunity. They did blow the opportunity. It feels weird to say because of how well they did play in that first half. Also feels weird to say because of how well they played all season long. And then I think the opponent has something to do with that as well. Like for me, for whatever reason, and you're right, when you bring up the Falcons there, it doesn't feel the same as that epic collapse that will be etched in my brain forever. I feel like this one will be more about Kansas City just outplaying them in the fourth quarter. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 